Welcome to Generation Tech. This is our take two this morning. I didn't hit record, so we got to start over. Uh, it's a tricky button, you know. It's just a big red button. It's hard to hard to see it, you know. <laughs> That's my excuse. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, no Dan. Excuse. How you doing? Oh, just doing fine, Todd. Todd. I couldn't uh, even say your name. Yeah. It's a, tongue tie there. It's a rough morning. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. um pre-show we were talking a little bit about um the shutdown of a pipeline after some cyber attacks on the east coast you want to tell us a little bit about that because uh it's right in your backyard yes it is we had a, a colonial pipeline runs up and down the east coast all the way from uh i think it is from new orleans almost it kind of comes at an angle and sweeps up the coast of new jersey mm-hmm. and uh about a year ago we had a leak and the Colonial Pipeline's been cleaning it up ever since, so the company has been in the news. So immediately when they talked about a ransomware compromise at Colonial Pipeline, I knew exactly who they were talking about. And uh, they've had the map of the pipeline in the in the news just recently. So if, you, uh, if you're interested parties, you want to look and see what it affects, pretty much all of the East Coast. However... The, uh, in terms of gasoline delivery and other petroleum products, I think it's primarily gasoline. Uh, it's about 46% of the total uh, East Coast, but still that's mm-hmm. a substantial reduction. And until they can get it recovered, uh, the gas prices have already started up and the uh, price of everything is going to go up. And then there will be shortages, which they're talking about, and ways to avoid that. So it's... Don't panic, you know, is, is the words out. But, of course, that means panic. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Just like person, when they said, don't worry, there's plenty of toilet it. paper. And everybody bought all the toilet yeah. paper for two months. You just had to hold it right. in. If you, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so all, all the above applies, you know, uh, the instructions and stuff like that. So how do you get by? First mm-hmm. thing I thought about was uh, – uh, in terms of just natural gas, if, if that's a part of it, I, I don't know, you know, when they say gas, it could be yeah. lots of different types. Yeah, as but I we, understand, we this have... is primarily fuel oil, so it's it, uh, oil or uh, uh, gasoline for vehicles is what they're talking about. So I don't even know, I, if I that, does that affect like all of the trucking? Because that's diesel fuel. Yeah, see, that, that's a, that's just part of the story I don't know. Ah, here, uh, I have the, it for you. An article says the the pipeline transport transports gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. So, so yes, jet those are, okay. those are the three things that it affects: gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. So, all of the trucking, yeah, that, airplanes, airplane that, that makes sense because on the on the uh, on the picture showing the, where the pipeline runs, they had actually two lines: a red one and a green one. They're probably mm-hmm. two meaning two different types of of fuel. Right. Two, well, two pipes, you know? well, there's pipes, and I know that they can run X amount of fuel through it one day, and then they can run like something through it. To, like they've got little machines that run through it that basically scrub it, and then they'll run the next kind of fuel through it, you know, for a couple of days, the another day or two. Um, so I know they can they can alternate what they're putting through it. So anyway, uh, that's uh, that's going to be in the news until the FBI and the other uh, uh, law enforcement people. Uh, uh, Unless they're successful at grabbing these guys, so they can't do any more damage, mm-hmm. uh, we will be under threat. So, yeah. Anyway, that seems to be part of the world we live in today. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's going to happen next, right? 
Yeah, apparently the the Automobile Association, um, uh, American Automobile Association, AAA, is saying the shutdown can have a large impact if prolonged. And so the problem is, is we just don't know how prolonged it's necessarily going to be. But it is affecting 17 states and the District of Columbia. Um, And so, yeah. All the way from New New Jersey to Louisiana, I think, is the the terminus points for the total pipeline. Uh, yeah, but you now, know there I are subsidiary pipelines and other companies, so who knows what they can do to help offset yeah. that too? So there's a lot of hippies. Right now, this yeah. would be um, primarily affecting, um, uh, I would think, a lot of imported oil, but maybe they use that as transportation for for all of the any, any oil, you know. Regardless, they they send it to there and then and then distribute it from New Orleans, you know. Because you'd think of New Orleans yeah. as a port city, right, where the big ships come in, and so it's imported oil. But, but realistically, yeah. it doesn't matter where it comes from. If that's the distribution system, wherever you, you know, create it, and and you know, you refine oil, but then it's got to be refined into one of those three things, you know, jet fuel, diesel, or or uh, gasoline. And so, right. uh, you know, if the refineries are in New Orleans, again, that's where you take it, right? So it goes throughout through that same distribution system. So. Yeah, this yeah, is well, uh, while, pretty significant. While we're, while, we're, while we're on this topic, I also read another uh, impact. Uh, the governor of Michigan has decided on her own that uh, she doesn't, because she's a Democrat and concerned about the, uh, uh, what do they call it? I don't know. You don't haven't said change, what you're talking about. Cl- cl- climate change is the word, climate change. And so on the basis of climate change and some possible disaster with the pipeline that belongs to a Canadian company who has a 10-year agreement with our federal government, but she thought she could go in and tell them to to shut it off, and they refused. They're a private company, and they said, I got this arrangement with the federal government. You got to give me a 10-year warning before you can do that. And so there's a hassle going on. It cuts across Michigan to from uh, and it cuts Canada in two, and so if the where the, the fuels in the western side, what what pipeline there, are you talking it, about? Uh, it has a name, but I don't have it in front of me. Uh, but it cuts across Michigan, and uh, it's because it cuts across her state. She says uh, I can shut it off because if it if it breaks and it hasn't ever leaked yet. However, that company did have a, a leak in 2000 or 2002, something like that. But it wasn't caused by the company. Some uh, boat company uh, dropped its anchor on their pipe, and uh, it messed up so the, the river that they were navigating on. So anyway, uh, that's her basis for the fact that this yeah. is a, the clock is ticking for a major disaster, right, it's in case another boat company comes along and punctures this big line. Although it doesn't say it's running through a river, I guess, like the other one. It's some I don't know where the crossing is, but the part they showed on the picture was above ground. Probably some above and some below, you know. Yeah, yeah. pipelines, the, yeah, they, they, whatever is more expedient and, and, and safer in that area. Sometimes I think they prefer to do them above ground, but then when it's in an area where it's going to you know, interfere with natural beauty or, or animals' ability to migrate and things like that, then they'll either put it higher above yeah. ground or they'll put it underground so that, you know, as needed, right? My, my, my thought is, is that it's political signaling is what this is really all about. Democrats have to somehow demonstrate their commitment to uh, the uh, climate or 
some other Democrat goal in some way. Yeah. Uh, but she's probably not going to succeed because uh, it's not in, within her power. Right. Well, it's it's interstate government. it's interstate commerce. I mean, it runs between commerce. states, and so so uh, the state doesn't have any say so here. Although, like you said, it's like you know, it, Democrats have to to kiss the environmental ring, just like right now Republicans have to kiss the Trump ring, or they get removed from leadership. You know, even though they right. voted with yeah. Trump like ninety percent of the time. If if you don't uh, <laughs> if you don't bow down to uh, to uh, you know, genuflect to the to the uh, to the king, then you get uh, you lose your job, or at least you lose your. But anyway, uh, your role. I, I, so. I don't I don't think that's uh, even comes in in the same class as the first uh, environmental uh, or issue of not having any fuel at all. That's a, that's a big deal, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So uh, I would I wouldn't worry much about the Michigan thing. I think, as I said, it's my conclusion it, yeah. at least is it's a signaling deal. Yeah, it's, it's uh, mostly posturing, but it's uh, but yeah. yeah, the other one is actually under attack. What's interesting to me about that, and what I'm very curious about, is 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 you know they start tracing it down and and trying to figure out like where's the attack coming from, and if we find out that this is, um, you know, while while they may not be state sponsored, they could be state protected attacks, you know, and there are plenty of yeah. countries that are happy to to uh, basically wage cyber war against us and have been doing it for a while, and I think it's time we recognize that. Well, and, and the thought is is that, uh, you know, it's a, just another way to punch it, you know, poke at us, you know, to see what our vulnerabilities are. Countries exactly. want That's to know I that. That's what I said. I think, I think that we, are, we have been in, in uh, a cyber war with, with a variety of countries for a period of time, and we haven't had anybody just come out and say it, but that's the fact of the matter is is that they have been – um, attacking us in, in some fairly interesting and unique ways that have impact that I'm not sure we even yet recognize. And uh, we need to well, you know, call it what it is well, and, and respond to it. And, and my view of all of this is it's the tip of the iceberg. When, yep. when the Internet was first uh, came out and I was first using it, I did a lot of thinking about what the impacts of this thing is. is and I said at the time... To all my friends and buddies, I said, the government, if they're smart, will come out right now and say it's a, a, by law that any critical issue, and they could identify a number of them like you know fuel supplies and stuff like that, that could be impacted are not allowed to be connected on the Internet. They have to pay more or whatever it is, but they're not to be put onto some vulnerable system that connects everybody else. Yeah. And a a so non-secure uh, public communication system is not the place to put controls for critical infrastructure. So, so anyway, of course, the government, being stupid, uh, didn't do a thing, you know. Right. And and by the and by the way, I had I was uh, pretty influential because I was on a national board at the time with the Pentagon. So there were colonels in the Pentagon that heard that. Yeah. And whether it ever got passed on, I, you know, beyond me, but. Uh, so that that was, uh, I think, an astute observation then, and I'm patting myself on the back here. But it, it's, it's always been that way, and it's never going to change yeah. unless the government steps in and says, get the hell off of here on a certain critical items to, yeah. to this country. Or yeah, well, unfortunately, what happened ability, was... 
a lot of you know people dollars and cents were dangled in front of them because setting up private networks for your company that are secure are expensive yeah. and attaching to the internet sure. is essentially free and so uh, so yeah. so they talked to somebody I, I and who said yes we can we can encrypt it on the internet and we'll be fine uh-huh yeah I, yeah I, I don't really care if they're on the internet it's just that they have to have a secure backups to guarantee uh you know, response and ability to continue on, and especially from a depart- Department of Defense. See, that was the perspective I was coming from. Yeah, is all the, the the Department of Defense has to continue to do business under any environment. Yeah, without that, you have no protection. The Unfortunately, most of the people who are running IT departments are didn't come out of that world. What they did is they came out of a world of. You know what's the the max? You know, keep things up, maximum uptime, keep things running, uh, make sure that they run fast and efficiently. They they really weren't concerned with or trained with uh, security in mind, and so procedurally, this has been a failure of IT uh, almost nationwide. The people who've been running yep. the information technology systems, you know, very few of them have have deeply considered, um, you know, what it means to create, you know, secure redundancies and, you know, yeah. and their redundancies were all about how to quickly get us back up and running. It wasn't about how to protect us. If, you know, what if, if something has been, you know, put on the system and, you know, it's what happens if, uh, you know, you, you, you say, okay, we go to a backup. Well, I mean, you know, the bad guys can put software onto the system and then let it sit there for a few months. So now it's on all your backups too, you know. Yep. And they're not stupid. Yep. They think about how to how, what's the best way to 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 hurt you. Um, you you need to think like them. And in fact, some cases you need to hire some of them to help you figure out how yeah. to prevent that from happening. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's why you anyway. know when you go to these security things. They have, you know, white hats and black hats. The good guys and the bad guys. Right. There's the gray hats out there who 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 can teach you a thing or two about how things are being done badly and they're willing to work for the good guys as well as the bad guys, right? Well, well, that's that's the norm in the Department of Defense. You know, yeah. if you're in the development business, if you don't have this competition, black black and white, uh, as part of your planning activity, then you're you're make, doing uh, development illegally. I mean, it's written down in, in the guidance as to how to, to do development systems because that's where it all starts you know mm-hmm. it has to be has to be recognized up front what the requirements are and the requirements are for the department of defense things is you have to operate in a lot of different environments with the bad guys against you yep you know so anyway uh well, while i'm on energy it just happens that i have an article in front of me that says five settings tech experts say you should change before they completely ruin your battery and i just thought hey that sounds kind of interesting what would they be you know well i'm what going operating to start system with are they on five. and what computers are they on because that has a lot to do with what you need to do <laughs> it would be my question yeah well they're talking about apple here so i'm okay. in an apple section okay so anyway uh, an ios really uh because the first or the number five is, is do not force stop apps, which a lot of people do because they think they're saving battery power. Oh, this is sitting in the background running. You know, they, they assume that. Right. 
Well, the, the guy who's the expert here I doesn't explain himself, but he says this. Some people think that force stopping all apps running in the background will minimize battery usage. The guy's name is Jan. He says, well, that's a myth. And such practice can mess up your phone's system by using much more battery power in force stopping apps. You, do you think you understand what he's saying? Yeah, I've read some things on this before. And in earlier iterations of iOS, uh, going in and killing out your apps could sometimes uh, create things. Apple has gotten much better at their memory management. And what happens is, is very often those apps um, sitting in the background, they will have a, uh, a, a hook in memory, but they won't have the app loaded in memory. And so um, you can, um, uh, it'll, it'll launch quicker and part of the, the, the state will be saved if you haven't killed it. And so it will launch quicker and use less memory reading from the reading the whole thing back from memory again. Um, and so, yeah. you know, that's it's 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 a, it's, it's, okay, well, it's minor, but it's it's the recommendation by most people now is don't kill apps. Um, my only my only addendum to that would be if you're if for some reason you have to use any app that's created by Facebook, meaning Facebook, Instagram or um, or uh, WhatsApp. Uh, use it and kill it. Don't let it sit in background yeah. memory because they will use all kinds of background energy to do things that you don't want them to do. The most recent version of iOS does stop them from doing that unless you give them permission. So um, um, that might also be changing if you've updated the latest version of iOS. Okay. Well, that's that's why I mentioned that one first because it's general to all apps. It doesn't. It's not app specific. Now, the next one, number four, is to turn off assistance, any kind of assistant like Siri or Google Assistant or anything like that, because, in fact, they have to be listening all the time to, to do their job. And therefore, they, they do it on a sampling basis, but it's a fairly frequent sample where they're trying to figure out, you know, if you've said the magic words. Um, I would say that was true for um, Google or Amazon's assistant. Or, you know, I think Microsoft used to have an app that had the Cortana assist assistant on it as well. Um, if you're using the built-in Siri assistant, Apple has managed that to the point where you're fine. I wouldn't worry about shutting it off, but, you know, he has his opinion. I've got mine. Well, my thought about it is, is it, some people use the um, Siri, well, let's just talk Siri now, yeah. uh, all, all the time. Yeah. Because they, rem they want to remember things. And I'm, my memory is terrible. And so I hardly ever use Siri anymore. There's a few things that I've learned to, but it's, it's not enough that I can justify yeah, having it sit in the background and listen all the time. You, you can't so just you can, talk to it. You've got to learn the certain phrases that work, and if you don't remember those phrases, then it's not doing you much good. Yeah, so it, it does require someone with capabilities of memory, memory capabilities or, or a little note card or something you carry around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do. know what it is that that you would that you um, yeah, again. I don't think there's any significant difference if you turn listen for Siri uh, on or off. Um, it's under settings under Siri and search, um, you know. But again, you know, I, I, I would his, like his I would, biz. I would I would like that one on the control panel so that if I'm going to yeah. turn it on and off, I can do it easily. Right under listen for for the <clears throat> the hey Shlomo phrase. 
um, you can turn that off, but you can turn on press side button for Siri. And so you can just press a side button and it'll come on. Oh, okay. That that's something I might look into because I, I because of this I thought about it and said, hmm. Yeah. The only thing I can tell you that I ever use Siri for is to navigate when I'm in my car for CarPlay. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, well, the and then it's plugged in, it, and then in your car, I mean, some cars, they have wireless car play, but in most cars, it's plugged in. And so when it's plugged in, who cares? You know, yeah. well, mine, I'm not worried about my battery right. when my car is plugged into power. Um, exactly. I use it. I use it to navigate. I use it, especially when I'm in the car to message somebody. Um, uh, you know, I've used it to say, hey, play music or, or play a certain playlist or, you know, play music from a certain artist. You could just say, hey, you know. Hey, Shlomo, play the Beatles, and they'll start playing Beatles songs. Um, yeah. Well, when I, when I had my home pod in the living room where I was there regularly, I did a few things with it. Right. But, uh, but, that's, but that's the only other use yeah. that I can think of. That right. Well, and it's plugged in. Me. And it's plugged in then. But right. I, like I said, I, right. use it in, I use it in the car for that, too. It's like, you know, if you're, you're hands-free, why why not be hands free? Right. You know, it's like, and those aren't things I have to remember unless I want to remember the name of a specific playlist that I want it to play. And I've got, you know, yeah. two or three playlists that I know the names of. I've got a lot more playlists than that, but I only remember the names of two or three of them. Yeah. Okay. The, anyway, number three in the list of things that's supposed to save power are change the location settings to, of different apps. Uh, and different apps say allow only when using the app or allow all the time to track your location. You know, that's not well, an most option. Of the time when that's not an option in iOS anymore. All the time, only when using the app. They change. Oh, is that, that right? Well, yeah. And that's my okay. choice for everything noticed. is only when using the app. I don't allow anything to 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 check my location right. when I'm not using it. So. Well, that, that's what I I think I have in every app. But you know, it's, since it's on different apps, I, I guess it would tell you which ones use that feature somewhere. But anyway, that one doesn't make a great deal of sense. Uh, now, the next one is probably the big, biggest consumption of power, and that's brightness on your screen. Yeah. Uh, apparently, some people want 100% brightness, but I find that bad setting anyway. So uh, I try to keep it down, uh, particularly because I use it a lot of times at night. You know, So there, you don't yeah. need much light at all. It's dark around it. Uh, mm -hmm. But brightness clearly does, uh, especially on my iPad, the big screen, uh, eat, eat into battery life. Yeah. And, uh, and then yeah, the last one. Yeah, if you turn it all the way up, it'll eat into your battery life. I think that if you get used to that, that's sort of what you think you need. But if you just set it right in the middle, you're, you're fine. And then um, the, uh, you know, the, any of the uh, newer phones, especially the Pro phones, have True Tone, and they automatically adapt to the color balance and the um and the brightness depending on the room you're in yeah so if you're yeah. outside in bright now, light it cranks the brightness up you know if you're somewhere in the dark it it'll t take it down for you quite a bit okay well anyway i like the what you told me that apple took care of uh of setting the that uh, other one uh location yeah, settings uh so that it's only when you're using it and they might do that with the with the number one uh, thing here, which is to turn off the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Now, the question is, you know, since it automatically picks up Wi-Fi uh, if you're within range of uh, Wi-Fi that you know about, uh, then, uh, but of course, it leaves it on then. 
especially somebody like me who spends most of his time at home. But it seems to me that it really doesn't, it should be based on whether or not you're trying to download something. You know, yeah. if I'm sitting there just reading, reading and reading for an hour before it needs to download another chunk, it could just turn it on yeah. when it needs the, the data and turn it off, right? So, so the operating system already sort of manages that in that it doesn't, um, it, when you're not actively using the Wi-Fi, moving data across it, it goes into a low power mode, and then it it uh, has an interval where it pings to see if there's been anything trying to be sent to you. So it's like checking to see yeah. if there were um, you know new messages or new whatever. And um, yeah. and so you know I it sounds to me like whoever wrote this either it was written for an older version of the operating system or they don't really fully understand i mean it sounds to me like they they these are ideas that make a lot of sense and they would probably apply really well to a lot of uh android handsets where it's not quite as sophisticated battery management but that's part of the reason that apple has so much better battery life than than a samsung phone say is because with a smaller battery you know because the apple batteries are much smaller than the samsung batteries on, on the whole yeah. And it's because they well, do all kinds of things like that to 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 save battery power. So, you know, and I certainly don't want to have to, like, go turn on my Wi-Fi manually every time I want to go do something with my phone when I'm outside the house, you know, or, or the right. Wi-Fi or the or – the, well, he didn't say cellular, but, you know, uh, when I'm sitting at home, uh, you know, and, and same thing with the, uh, you know, the Bluetooth. It's like when I put my hair – my uh, – AirPods in my ear. I want to hear that little ding and know that they're connected. I don't want to have to go turn on Bluetooth just to do that. So, um, yeah, my my inclination is that most of these uh, ideas, while not necessarily bad, are pretty much unnecessary in today's with today's iOS. Well, the uh, the article is dated today, so that's why I, I brought it up and I assumed that yeah. this guy. Uh, well, it's it's a different. It's a, a, a Lisa that's, that wrote the article, and she's referring to something she got from a guy named, uh, what did I say, Jan, Y-A-N. Uh -huh. so, so I don't know what the data is. You say Lisa, do you have a last is. name? Uh, Lisa Cupido, C-U-P-I-D-O. So anyway, uh, just yeah. thought I'd bring it up since I was on the power issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm looking her up and she looks to be like a sort of Instagram personality person. She doesn't strike me as just briefly as somebody who's like, uh, a major, uh, major tech person. I, I think that she's speaking with little understanding about how some of this stuff is done personally. Um, uh, you know, yeah. if she hears this and she wants to, to say otherwise, then I'm happy to have a conversation and. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, most of those ideas or suggestions to me were probably not necessary based on the fact that the operating system now handles most of that stuff automatically for you. Um, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, because I yeah. would not recommend to people turning on and off your, your Wi-Fi or your Bluetooth. Um, yeah. But... Yep. You know, now, if you happen to be down to, like, if your phone comes up and warns you and says, hey, we're down under 20%, then, um, then yeah, you know, preserve what you can but. if you're trying to preserve, yeah. But you know, in it'll, um, uh, there's also a low power mode that you can put it in, 
and it reduces background activity. Uh, it won't do like background email fetches and downloads until you can charge your phone. So, and that's under battery. You just click it on and go into low power mode, and it will give you you know more time on your battery. So if you want to do that, uh, that handles most of what you need to. So yeah. I would that would be my recommendation is if you're low on power, then go into low power mode. Don't don't manually try to yeah. go and do things. Right. Uh, so uh, we can move on to some other things here. I, I'm always attracted by conceptual ideas for the future. Uh, somebody wrote an article here. iPad OS 15 concepts. You know, we're not we're still in 14 point what seven or something uh-huh. uh, uh, anyway uh, what what they're looking at is being it's iPad OS is iPad pro kinds of things to bring more computer like uh, operations to the iPad and the guy is apparently a programmer because he has shows pictures of how he would like to see some things implemented on each of these items and there's there's a number of them. let me just read to you some of them that he uh, brings up extended monitor support. Okay. So that, you know, if you're on an iPad, you might just want to do uh, something other than just a mirror on a, on a TV set. Uh, uh, but he doesn't really explain why, what, but I'm, I'm guessing that uh, as part of that, he also wants mouse control. And, you know, if you, if you can use your iPad for something other than have to touch it, if you're on a big screen, you you, you could still use the, the front of the iPad, I suppose, as your pointer, but you see it on a large, large screen is what he shows. Some it looks like a MacBook or an iMac, rather. Uh, and and I suspect that uh, a lot of that's going to happen with the new with the new uh, Mac Silicon. That that uh, anyway, I mean, why not have some of the common things uh, that uh, that you might have on your computer, an iMac, uh, also controllable from from your iPad OS. You know, if you wanted to do it that way. Uh, here, here's another one. He, he talks about interactive widgets. Uh, I that one didn't didn't really jump out at me. But anyway, the next one, I'll just read through the whole set. Pro apps, and that's pretty generic. So. Uh, yeah. Well, well specifically, what that, they're talking uh, about are Apple's Pro apps. So they have a a professional sound editing software. They have the um, um, uh, their development tools, which are um, you know they've got Logic Pro, which is their sound development. They've got um, X to, right. X tools, which is their web or software development. Because right now you can write you can't write apps for an iPad on an iPad. You have to use a Mac. And then um, the right. other one is their uh, their video editing tools. Um, so they have those three pro apps that are you know not five dollar or ten dollar. They're several hundred dollar apps. You know, I mean the X tools, their development tools. You have to pay a hundred dollars a year to be part of their uh, developers thing. To you know, I guess you can download the software for free. The X code itself itself is free, so you can develop without being a but before you could put anything in the app store, you have to have a developer's account, which is a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. Um, and Logic Pro, I think, is two hundred bucks, and um, and the video app is, I think, three hundred bucks. Um, I can't remember what its yeah. name is off the top of my head, but uh, that's what they're talking about for Apple's Pro apps, because uh, you know other companies have, have been porting their Pro apps, like Adobe's been 
porting Photoshop over, and it's there now, but it doesn't have the functionality that Photoshop has on you know on a Mac or on Windows. So it's still yeah. a it's yeah. still a you know a subset of the functionality. Yeah. Okay. Now now the now I'm getting to the one that I really uh, liked. App pairs. Since the iPad, you can't put the, a lot of windows on it like you can on a large computer screen and still control them. So it's kind of limited to, to like two apps side by side when you're right. in landscape mode. And so he's basically suggesting that you have a button that you push brings up certain pre-designated app pairs. And one I can think of it, it would be a lot is, is uh, photos with just about any other thing you can drag to. Photo, you know, you can either yeah. take something out of something and put it in photos or vice versa. Yeah. And so that, that would just be well, one example. emails and messages are the first ones that pop up, right? You want to share a photo with somebody. Right. You, it, although right. you can, you know, you can do it from within either of those, but you have to hit the attach button and then select what it is you want to attach and then go browse through. And the browser to browse through the photos is not as full featured as just opening photos and allowing you to drag it and drop it. Right. So I'd love to see the app pairs. And, and I just, the most obvious one that was, you know, match several things with uh, with photos uh you know others don't you know hit me as as a big thing but there's one at least that mm -hmm. that uh, i can think of and maybe uh there i'm sure there are others uh the last three things uh are basically specific apps like he says new files app where he just wants it redesigned yeah. so that it's consistent with the with the they, files app on yeah the they want it to look more like there. finder on mac right and the same way with Control Center, uh, he's got some ideas there that are okay, you know. But I'm I'm not excited about it. But we got a lot of stuff in Control Center already. Yeah. Uh, and and I I'm happy with what it is, but it, yeah. you know, there's well, always you somebody can, else. You can customize it pretty well right now too. There's a lot of stuff that you can add to it or remove from it if you you know if it's something that you and, do and, a lot of. And and lastly, home screen personalization. Well. I'm not one that wants to go to great extremes, but some people want to be able to tweak everything down to the Nat's eyebrow yeah. or something. Every you know, pixel, and I don't, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I, I, I'm not. You know, yeah. I mean, but, that, that that one, I you know, those last ones, I, I need they need to be more specific. You know, it, it go into details about what they mean oh, about what. Oh, what oh, oh! He yeah. is. This is just the front. This is just the front right. screen that introduces all these ideas, and the article right. long. You know, it's got so I on may each or, one of these. But the point I was making is I may or may not agree with him based on that, but that's fine. You know, if there's enough people that agree with him, then they probably should do something. Um, you know, I think that I agree with you on the first ones. There's some things they they need to do. There's a lot of things that they need to do to to make some adjustments. I mean, one of them um, is, you know, I think you had shared earlier in the week a, a separate article about Apple shortcuts and how wonderful they are, except that every time they run, they pop up a notification telling you they ran which is better yeah. than what they used to do. They used to actually launch the shortcut app and put the shortcut app up on your screen. So now at least they don't do that, but they still put a notification up there. And it's like, great, you automatically did what I programmed you to automatically do. I don't need you to tell me that every single time. It yeah. would be nice if yeah. I could just tell it not to, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's essentially a scripting language for the operating system. Um which is cool, but why do you have to tell me that you're running that script every time you run it? It's automation. 
per- reason I wanted I set it up was I wanted it automated to run in the background. And, you know, especially if I'm having it do something specifically when I'm sitting down to do something else. And it then covers up whatever I'm doing, or at least part of it, with this stupid notification that pops up on your screen. Um, yeah. And and unlike a lot of apps, you can't go into the notifications in set, in settings and, and modify it or turn it off for shortcuts. You can for other apps, but not for shortcuts. So, right. um, yeah, it's a little annoying. Uh, so. So. Anyway, and uh, I use shortcuts. I just thought I'd I bring that up. Have you, have you ever... I, I, delved into shortcuts and the things that you can do there? Frankly, I started to one day and then I, I couldn't get it to work the way I thought it should. And, uh-huh. and I just never got back to it. I've, I've been awfully busy with a lot of other things. Yeah. So no, I, I can't say I'm an expert on shortcuts. I wish I was. I, I like the idea of programmability. Right. I, you know, I can think of things that I'd like to do, but I don't, I'm struggling. And until you get the hang of the whole right. system, uh, it's a little bit frustrating. For so, me, it's uh, it's not so much it's not so much a um, you know if you come at it like if you're used to like writing out code and programming, then it's a, it throws you off a little bit because it's not really that, but it's actually quite powerful yeah. for what it is, um, and you just kind of have to get the hang of it. And so I've got quite a few of them. To be honest, if you look at shortcuts, everything that you do is as automations in Home are also shortcuts and and so you yeah. can you can set up those so i mean i have things like you know turn on a light when a back door opens or send a notification when a door opens after 11 o'clock at night or something like that so like if somebody's opening a door in my house you know my phone dings at me when i'm laying in bed to say hey you've got a door open um you know more, more recently i've actually created a uh, i downloaded the sound of a doorbell and I have a motion sensor on the front patio. When somebody comes walking up to the house, they don't have to push a button. Uh, I get a doorbell when somebody has walked through my front gate and, and is coming up to the house. And so huh. I get that, you know, and it ding-dongs yeah. on my HomePods. It, so, yeah. uh, you know, it's – so you get those notifications. You get um, – uh, uh, at a certain time, uh, we have a whole house fan that we put on in the evenings, and I have it go off. Um, at a certain time in the morning, but I also have it set to a thermostat. And if the temperature in the house drops to a certain temperature, then the fan goes off because I don't need it to bring in any more cold air from outside. Uh, yeah. So uh, those are all automations that I've set up. Um, and then I've got some. Well, like, see. <laughs> I've got one that's uh, uh, I can say you know Yo Shlomo headed home, and it will look at my location, s- set up a route for me to go home get the time yeah. with an estimated time of arrival and send my wife an estimated time of arrival. So I just say I'm headed home and it picks that up and sends that information to her. And so, yeah. uh, um, you know, well, she knows well, let me tell you what, be home. Let, let me tell you what I was trying to do. I have, uh, uh, independent, uh, home automation in my security system, house security system. And one of them, which controls the, uh, backyard light, and the front yard light. So I wanted to just say, have, have, turn on the yard light based on a certain time in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then, at, you know, at a certain time after I go to bed, I just want to be sure they're off. So turn the damn things off, whether they're on or not, you know? Right. So, 
So, and you you have uh, an but, app you have an app on your device that controls these things, or are they part of HomeKit, or how are they controlled? I, well, I do, and and the confusion was how do I uh, if the app on the device says uh, uh, certain things to do in order to get Siri to or you know the Apple device to uh, handle them. Well, I, I I got them so that they were recognized by Apple stuff, but nevertheless they didn't seem to work in a in an automated way. Mm-hmm. I could turn them off, you know, set by just giving the Siri command. So you you know that Apple knows how to do it. Right. And, so and, then you and just have was, to set it up with a with a, a a timer type automation. Right. So I but what's the connection between Siri and timers and this device? And I couldn't figure that out. You see, yeah. it was it, the the way the company interface directed it. It was going to be a manual thing where I gave it a command through Siri. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's not what I want. You know, but I know Apple's talking to it somehow. One of their one of their systems, but I don't know enough to know about how to go in and and make a a commanded time a clock based. Uh, right. Siri command. Well, it's know? easy enough to set a timer or a time checked uh, automation, so that you can do fairly easily. Yeah. The question right. is: is within the within the shortcuts app, is there an interface to the app that is controlling those devices? Because that's what you need. And right. so, um, and shortcuts, if if their app was written using uh, Apple's tools and Apple's um, underlying infrastructure of their from their IDE then that stuff should be exposed but uh, to the to the shortcuts app but not necessarily and so that's the issue but, is is how friendly anyway, are they it, you see all I I have in my uh, security thing is the little brief description of how to make it work with Siri which it does you know right <laughs> yeah but that's just using their app and so they may have integrated Siri um, capabilities into their app what you need is that app to be integrated and have um, its functionality exposed to the shortcuts app so that you can then control it automatically. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know where to go get the data to do that. You know, some, it's I, within shortcuts, but we can we can so, we can actually explore so, that and talk about it next week. Yeah. So anyway, I fiddled around with it one day and finally said, well, that was some other, you know, distracted me and I never got back to it. Yeah. <laughs> So that was my experiment with shortcuts. First thing I wanted to do didn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if it's not easy and intuitive, then they've they've sort of failed step one of their of their development environment or their their scripting yeah. environment, right? And, and, and that's where you always run into trouble is whenever you got two companies involved in something, you know, they may not really, you know, converse in the in the proper sure. way. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, Apple again because they own the whole kit and caboodle they uh in their development environment they they encourage developers to to use the the canned code for doing things and then that then allows those things to be integrated into the operating system with things like shortcuts so you know yeah. it depends on who wrote that code to manage your home and you know what operate or what tools they use to build that code you know Right. So, right. Um, but it's something that can be explored. You just have to sit down and spend the time to kind of play around with it. Something um, yeah. you and I can maybe talk about. Like I said, we can talk about next week. Um, okay. Uh, anyway, I, I got to a, a page here now that talks about some uh, 
Apple investments that I thought kind of might be a, a key to the future is that, number one, it says uh, a Kentucky factory makes the glass for every iPhone. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a corning, uh, they just, corning company. Yeah, they just uh, they just gave it another forty five million, and I guess somewhere I think it said it had four hundred and fifty million. Yeah, they gave them four hundred million a couple years ago, and four hundred fifty million before that to help develop better glass for the iPhone screens. Um, so yeah. giving them forty five million almost sounds like a a a vote of no confidence compared to what they've been giving them previously. Well, then there's a separate article here on the same page, and it says uh, Apple forty five million Corning investment shores up iPhone display supply and opens up investment AR innovation. So it, it shows glasses. And so apparently there's, they're also going to use those guys for something to do with the AR glass right. they're developing. Yeah, possibly. I mean, it seems to me like, you know, they also do a lot of that kind of stuff, those kind of, in, in quote, air quote, investments in companies in order to assure a certain amount of production, you know, for yeah. them. You know, they want to right. lock down production. It's like, you know, the last couple of years, um, Taiwan Semiconductor, TSMC, has had the best um, chip technology. They've been able to do the, the sm smaller, you know, tighter nanometer spec chips than anybody else. And Apple has locked down their production uh in a large way, <laughs> you know, and so, so with a lot right. of chip shortages, Apple has been one of the few companies that, that are, you know, I, they may be affected by it, but they're going to be one of the last companies affected by it because they, they, you know, pre-purchased tons and tons of, of capability. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the, I just have a headline on this one, but I thought it was interesting and maybe you have some comment on it. It says Microsoft windows, 10 X woes, shows why Apple won't unify Mac OS and iOS. This is an extreme tech article. Uh, and uh, so I'm, I may read it later, but uh, yeah. the headline, I thought, I don't know the woes of Windows uh, 10X. Whatever. Right. That's the, that's, the, uh, uh, that's the operating system that runs on their little Surface tablet, right? Right. So, and quite honestly, the... Um the woes that I've read about mostly are just that they're not being able to get the um, the speed and functionality that they want out of ARM-based computers. Apple's having difficulty porting away from Intel-based computers, and that most ARM-based PCs, um, like the 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 WinPad or what do they call it? Um, that's not right. Not WinPad. Um, tab. Um, no, starts with an S. Uh, Surface. The Surface Tablet X that they've got out that are Sur Surface Book X. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm having trouble pulling up the name of their products. That it's too much. Too many of. They call everything Surface these days. With that, you know, all of Windows computers are Surface of some sort. Yeah. Um, well, this just refers to it as 10X. Right. But the X version is the one that runs on uh, on a um, an ARM-based chip instead of. Uh, oh. Um, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so that it doesn't uh, it doesn't really run fast enough in order to be a, a Windows. Uh, yeah. Standard well, Windows device. And they and and in as a result too, they don't have enough power for it to then um, emulate an Intel device, and so you can't run Intel software. You know, because that was part of the the deal was uh, if you get the X, it was supposed to be able to run 
Windows apps as uh, you know the regular Windows apps as well instead of things that were just written for the Windows X. Um, yeah, Surface Pro X is the name of it, and it's uh, you know they say ultra oh. thin and always connected, so it's got LTE connectivity, which is the same as you know an iPad for the most part. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more that's come out specifically that they're having issues with, but but, but that has always been um, uh, reviewed as being a pretty underpowered machine um, and basically not being functional if your desire is to run regular uh, Intel software on it because it doesn't emulate that well. And ah. so... Um, you know, the, it, the obviously the Microsoft software they've got it rewritten for that operating that native processor, so you can run Word and Excel and PowerPoint. Yeah. Uh, and if that's where you live, then that's great. But you know, if you have other software, then you you may be out of luck. Ah, uh, okay. Now, now let's uh, let's shift to AirTag. Uh, there's several articles, some good and some bad, uh, since they brought that out now, and a lot of people are got them in their hands mm-hmm. uh one one is it says uh that ios 14.6 and i don't know uh that's that's the one that should be out by now or i, I can't remember i what believe model. that's the one that's in beta oh well anyway it, it will give you a, a contact method for email if you lose it so it says ios 14.6 gives you more options for your lost air tags what yeah. you need to know uh and uh that's uh, coming then, just a, a new feature. Right. But but uh, far more important than that was, let's see here, the Huawei Hacking Group. Uh, nope, that's not the right article. It showed it open here. Here it is. AirTag hacked and reprogrammed by a security researcher. I think that's so, a non, non-issue, but we can talk about it. So anyway, uh, a re- new report claims seven Apple suppliers participated in labor programs suspected to be connected to the alleged Chinese genocide of something. And uh, that's, Uyghurs. Uh, so anyway, it sounds like there's some security issues. I is did, not... If you read the article, I think it's a non-issue. I think it's somebody writing a headline to grab people's attention without really having anything behind it. What a guy did is he took it apart and he destroyed several of them in the process, but he finally got one to work where he could put jumpers physically onto the device and then he was able to go in and program the device. Okay. So and... he has to have physical access to the device. So if somebody has physical access to your device, they can possibly take over your device. Okay. Oh. But that doesn't... Okay, so so if it's a lost device, you, you never know quite what's happened to it, whether right. you should ever trust it again. You know, I mean, my sense is, and this is just me, uh, I, I don't have great confidence that if I leave something somewhere that somebody else is going to find it and return it to me. The point of the air tags for me is that I will be able to find it and go back and get it. It's more likely to be left laying somewhere, and I will be able to go back and pick it up because the air tag will tell me where it is. Um, uh. And so I have, you know, little faith that somebody's going to find it know what to do with it, scan it, and then reach out to me and say, hey, here it is. You know, um, uh, it's it's going to be notified to me, you know, by somebody walking by and they'll go and, and their phone will in the background ping it Bluetooth wise and say, hey, it's over here. And then I will know where it is and be able to go find it. 
that's yeah. that's that's the useful case the use case of them for me um but as far as like that hacking thing is like okay so if somebody physically has access that's true of any device if somebody has physical access to any device they're probably going to be able to hack into it yeah oh yeah that physical access is much different than than just trying to break into a, some yeah. software yeah, yep. I mean, so far, you know, I've not read anything that says this guy is going to be able to walk by and and hijack your your tracker by scanning you wirelessly as you walking, you know, through the mall. So, but be, but because these things are out there and unprotected, there's uh, there's somebody who's going to dream up a way mm-hmm. of uh, of get, getting yeah. uh, siphon, siphoning off any communications with it and and knowing what that you know what that'll tell them. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to, uh, and I'm sure Apple has done a lot to encrypt the communications back and forth, but you might be able to ping the unique identifier of that. And if you have that, then maybe you can then track that tracker too. Um, You know, I mean, Apple has set it up so that if if a tracker is following you around that is not registered to you, that it will then notify you that you are being tracked, right? So yeah. they've done that, which is more than the folks from Tile ever did, by the way. The Tile's been around for, you know, uh, five or six years now, and they had nothing like that. So you could take a Tile and put it in somebody else's, you know, uh, backpack or something and, and track them around, and they never would have known. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, I, okay. I, I mean, it, it's imperfect, but yeah, um, you know, I, I don't doubt that eventually somebody will figure out a way. And then Apple will do something to change it. You know, <laughs> they'll modify it. And part of the reason that they have the point, I think, that, that came to me out of this whole thing is, is that they have modifiable firmware on these things. That's what it basically boiled down to. Yeah. And and so, um, you know, what that tells me is, yes, somebody might hack it. Yes, Apple will update it. Yeah. Anyway, uh Moving on here, uh, it says a hardware leak this week shows a new a set of MacBook devices that uh, made mm-hmm. uh, made me want to switch back to using an Apple computer. He's, yeah. I've used e- either Windows or Mac OS computers for the past couple of decades. At this point, he wants a new computer, not re- and doesn't really care about the software, whichever way to go, because stuff is available both places. Right. But anyway, the features that intrigued him, which uh, is not a big deal to me, one, but is that the MacBooks will be colored just like the iMacs. You got your choice of colors. Mm-hmm. So that some people that turns them on. Another feature it's was whimsy. the fact, yeah. Another feature that he really liked is current MacBooks don't have any rubberized. Uh, surface on the bottom and they tend to slip around on a desktop and this has little tracks on the side that are rubberized uh-huh. so that the MacBook stays put put uh, when where you put it down unless you intend for it to uh, to be moved right so that that sounds like a good thing uh, yeah, and I don't the, disagree with that because you know like the Mac pros have always had little like uh, feet on the bottom of them very low profile but just lifted up so the metal wasn't laying on whatever you were sitting it on, which also helped it from getting scraped up because anytime there was any kind of grit or anything, you sit it on it, then you slides and you'd scrape and there'd be little micro scrapes all over your device. Now the, these may be the pros, but it's the guy kind of assumed that the leak on the hardware was that these were 
potentially errors, but since the pros haven't come out, then you, the assumption would be that you're going to have an M2 and a better processor, uh, but it doesn't go into that. So this was just the stuff that the leaked information had to do with the coloring and the and the uh, physical uh, uh, performance of the of the MacBook. So I'm I'm guessing they're the pros. Although why would the pros be colored? That's the only thing that you know you yeah. think uh, the coloring might make you think, oh, these are errors again, because that's the yeah. kind of customer who buys errors. So. By the way, the MacBook Air has little rubberized feet on the bottom of it right now. I don't know what he's talking about. I just went and looked. At oh, photos. is that right? Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, let me see what that says. The design at the bottom. Instead of relying on four bumper feet, this notebook has long bars. Their okay. bars are like rubbery and grippy, like pre previous notebook bumper feet but will hopefully stand the test of time longer than previous solutions. So he wasn't happy with the others, I guess. Okay. I've, I've not known the bumper feet to have wear and tear problems, but, you know, maybe if he's – I'm not using it the way he is, obviously. Yeah. So. And, and, and then he goes on here. There also seems to be reason to believe that a Touch ID sensor in the upper right-hand corner of the keyboard, as we saw, tipped in a leak in late April for multiple machines. Right. So anyway, he's looking forward to a new machine, and, and that's kind of what mm -hmm. he has observed thus far. Yeah, I've seen some pictures of that too, and and the thought crossed my mind that maybe what they were showing, that, that what they were presuming would be a new version of the MacBook Air, was actually uh, the new really really thin MacBook Pro. But you know, I'm not quite sure. Like you said, why they would do the MacBook Pro? They, they, their tendency lately has been if it's Pro, it comes in like light gray and dark gray, and if it's not Pro, then you get lots of schmancy colors, right? Yeah. Um, but you know oh. they can always change that trend, and quite frankly, what they maybe do is, um, uh, you know, they don't change the the physical dimensions of it very much. It's just if it's colored, it has the lower powered processor and you get it a little cheaper. And if it's, if it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the light gray or dark gray, then it's the more pro device and you get the faster processor and maybe more memory and storage. And, and they physically use the same space because at some point, if you can make the pro as thin as the, as the air has been, why have the air as a separate device, right? Ah, yeah. Okay, by the way, this leak came from a guy named uh, Prozer, P-R-O-S-S-E-R. Prosser? Uh, John in a Prosser? Video, Prosser on, on a YouTube video. Yeah. And it talks about on the video here, uh, uh, let's see, brings up the point that these tabletops likely can't get much thinner if Apple wants to retain its USB-C port, which makes sense. As for what the new laptop is capable of, if we had a guess, it would be powered by the M2 or whatever next-generation Apple Silicon it will be called. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that that's the source of the data. Uh, John Prosser. Prosser. Yeah. How do you say it? it? It's Prosser. John <laughs> Prosser. And he's been around in the tech world for a while. Um, he's been his, – his Apple information, when he leaks things about Apple or tells you, like, pre-release stuff, it's been hit and miss – um, he has been more accurate when he's been relating uh, things that he's learned about Android releases. Um, so, oh. know, I mean, he's sort of general tech, not just necessarily Apple tech. And so, you know, he's, it's, you know, he, like I said, he, he's been a mixed bag when it comes to 
what he's heard and whether it turns out to be accurate or not, you know. And sometimes yeah. I think it's people leaking things to these to these YouTube personalities um, who are, excuse me, who are, um, you know, playing with them to act, you know, to make themselves feel important because they're leaking something that they don't know. Other times I think they're leaking something they think they saw, but they misinterpret what they saw, you know. Because yeah. Apple, yeah. Apple will do like, um, you know, uh, and, and not only Apple, a lot of companies will do like mini runs of say, let's just, you know, instead of before we start full production on something, let's make a hundred of these. And unlike a lot of companies, Apple will make a hundred of them, test them, and go, nope, that's not working the way we wanted it to, and they will drop the whole project and come back later with a redesign, you know. And so yeah. things that that you get hint that may be coming. <laughs> may actually end up being completely dropped because they aren't up to the standard that Apple feels like it needs to be before they're willing to sell it. You know? Yeah. The other thing that they also learn when they do those short runs of stuff is, you know, can we make, you know, 90 million of these things next year? <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, you know, yeah. they have they have economies of scale that others don't, but that works against you also when you're in the production side of things. It's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I don't think we can make them at the volume we need to in order to be successful. And so we need to go back uh, and work the, the problem of how do we build these things? Yeah. Yeah. But you know. by the way, I, I need to correct something I said earlier. I think I said that pipeline goes from New Jersey to Louisiana. It actually goes to Houston, Texas and ah. from Linden, New Jersey. So I've got the words right here. Ah, okay. Linden, New Jersey and Houston, Texas. That's the 5,500 uh, miles. That's the pipeline beginning that, and the end of that, huh? Yeah, so just you know, to... it it shocks me too because you know, remember there was the, the it it's gone back and forth. Oops, sorry, I hit my mic. Um, it's gone back and forth between um, uh, different um, presidents in power and different parties in power about that pipeline that was supposed to be coming down from Canada and whether the Keystone Pipeline through Pennsylvania and whether or not we're going to do it, whether we're going to and and, and the, you know everybody's worried about its impact and it's like. Do you realize how many pipelines we already have crisscrossing the country and, 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 and the the yeah. value that they provide? Why are we even arguing this? You know, it's yeah. not like it's yeah. not like our news is, is is plastered with horrible pipeline errors and, 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 and leaks and, and damage done throughout the country and we've already got pipelines like this one. It goes fifty five hundred miles across the country. Yeah. Yep, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I remember as a kid there was this gas pipeline I think it was just natural gas, though, that ran across Kansas, and we they had pumping stations every so far. Right. And I Keep think that moving. was just a repressurize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somehow I'm not sure sure what. Mm-hmm. what was in there but well but you've got to keep the you've got to keep the stuff flowing so you need a pumping station every right. so often often to keep it moving and you know with natural natural gas um you know it's usually kept under pressure right in order to keep it liquid and so that's right yeah and so yeah you would need that kind of pumping station just to keep the pressure up as well so that you could then cause it to flow because otherwise it's a gas literally a, a gas yep. as opposed to a liquid or a solid so yeah you know yep. i just um you know if if we were inundated with with uh you know concerns about pipelines and they were breaking regularly and and they was causing you know mayhem and and requiring cleanups then i would say why are we building more pipelines they obviously don't work very well but 
that seems to be the opposite of what's true is they work great they're much more efficient than putting things onto ga- onto onto you know gas trucks and driving them down the highway well and, well, and it's much a safety cheaper. issue yeah. safety is a big deal oh, it's people worry safe. about tr- trucks running through their city you know with yeah big, big gas, gas truck tanks yeah. on them. you know and, well, those obviously, guys are some, in accidents, you know? obviously, some people worry about, um, you know, about pipelines bursting and dumping gas all over the place, too. And, you know, I guess that's a worry. But, you know, I think that neither of those have been such huge issues that they're, you know, in the news regularly. <clears throat> Conversely, it costs a lot more to drive things around and put pollution in the air in gas trucks than it does to put them into a into a uh, pipeline and pump them there. You know, going back to the one that uh, was local, that was a leak that went undetected for a long time. Yeah, and now see, that's, that's what people fear. It's See, that soaked up a really wide area. It, they show mm-hmm. pictures of it. It's like where the uh, power lines cut through a forest, you know. They had removed the uh, trees right. and stuff. But apparent, apparently the gas started to, uh, that was in the ground, you know, soaked up in the ground and started to kill the vegetation. And so you have yeah. this brown spot out there. And yeah. so that's how it was detected by some kids, actually, I guess, playing out there. Why is this stuff all brown and it stops over here, you know? Yeah. And so they reported it, and, and that's how they, some, the gas company came out and said, oh, my God, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what the environmentalists are concerned about is those kinds of things. And, and, they're, and rightfully so, you know? But uh, yeah. if you put if you put proper sensors along the line, and sensors can be incredibly sensitive, um, you know you yeah. can you can tell when you have leaks. You know, a, using modern technology, that should be much less of an issue. As soon as something happens, you should be able to get there. It should not go on for months and months. That's ridiculous. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So and and I, I totally agree with you know that 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 needs to be mitigated because yeah, you're talking massive amounts of stuff leaked out over a long period of time. Um, I've seen what they've had to do just for a single gas station. You know, um, California a while back changed the rules so that all gas stations had to have uh, a double-walled tank to store their fuel in. And right, older so they ga- could detect it in that in that first tank. You know, right before and, it ever gets done. And and older gas stations basically were told that you have until X date to upgrade, or you have to go out of business. Well, there are there were quite a few gas stations that went out of business, and then nobody would buy the property because if you bought the property, you also bought the problem, which was a lot of them had leaked into the ground, and so and uh, and then to mitigate yeah. that, you had to excavate all of the dirt that had been. Uh, sure. And well, and that's what's happening. And we're talking that's huge. What's happening here. We're talking, you know, and yeah, I can imagine because this is even bigger. But I mean, even for one gas station, sometimes the the amount of area that had soaked was, you know, a hundred yards in every direction from the gas station and down, you know, twenty or thirty feet. Um, that's a massive amount of of land that has to be basically excavated and and then handled because it's now it's now polluted. Well, and then there's a safety concern for the operators of the equipment as well as a spark or something that might really cause a conflagration. So you, yeah. you, you've got to have everything under control when yeah. you're trying to clean, you know, clean that stuff out. Yeah. So what a, what a, what a bad deal that is. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, so that's why we're doing things like double-walled tanks that can now sense yep. if anything's leaking through the first layer, right? And, uh, and right. You get notifications early on. And the same thing with, uh, you know, pipelines going in. They need to be set up so that we can monitor, you know, 
pressure and minute changes in pressure and and maybe be double walled so that if in the, you know between the first and second wall if we sense any of the gas that's being moved down that line that that yeah. then uh you know means shut yeah. it down and go yeah. fix it yep yeah in fact I, I wonder why this one was allowed to go on so long without it being detected i haven't read any reports on on that issue that they're probably keeping that quiet yeah, it makes you wonder. Somebody's, somebody's well, and how up. old is the pipeline? Yeah. You know, if that pipeline is really old, you know, it needs more than just maintenance. Maybe it needs an upgrade. You know, maybe you need to go that's, back that's, and put in. And that nobody yeah, wants to do that because it costs lead, a lot of money. That, yeah, that lead up entire uh, Biden's entire, uh, uh, you know, uh, with intra infrastructure is the word I'm looking for. Budget, you know, <laughs> you can do it yeah. all in one. Point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that can be just enormously costly. Yeah, but it's not like we have an option. I mean, you're not going to just let all that stuff rot, you know, into the ground. Well, right. Yep. So the cleanup well, that will happen. Well, happens, though. See, see, the government sets rules, but then they have uh, oversight responsibility to see that, that this stuff is, uh, is, is observed. And, and I suspect that as when it got started, there were no rules, right? They probably buried few thousand miles of pipe before anyone ever thought to put rules in place you know i mean that's just the way the world turns yeah you, you never anticipate every possible thing that's going to go wrong and, and until until you have a disaster that's just sort of the way it seems to work out yeah hey i got a uh, and we a, all an update here from uh, the, the bbc <clears throat> says yeah. that the U.S. fuel pipeline hackers, in quotes, didn't mean to create problems. Oh, sure. Apparently, yeah, I, I, I saw that. Yeah, the hacker group is called Darkside, and they said our goal is to make money, not create problems for society. Um, right. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, so blackmail is how you're going to make up. money. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a That's a legitimate way as long as you don't get caught, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how legitimate it is, but I guess it it, it you know it works until well, it doesn't, in their minds. right? Right. Right. Yeah, they they've got apparently you know a, a handle on it. The FBI apparently knows who Darkside is and how they operate. So it yeah. you know the the only question is can they keep them from doing some harm until they get some some uh, cuffs on their wrists, you know? Yeah. Because. Because, you know, they, they might not even be on our soil. I mean, these uh, ransomware people work from all wherever they think they're safe, you know? Yeah. Biden comes out and says, so far there's no evidence based on intelligence that uh, that Russia is involved, although there is evidence that the ransomware is in Russia and that they have some responsibility to then deal with this, according to him. Oh, well, there it is. Yeah, there it is. That's probably I, – I don't have that comment by biden here yeah i'm just reading this oh. off of a bbc article oh uh, yeah they'll tell the brits but they won't tell us yet i mean because you know yeah. they don't want us to know uh yeah so uh Gust- guarav sharma who is uh an a uh, oil market analyst says unless they sort this out by Tuesday, meaning today, that they're in big trouble. The first areas to be hit would be Atlanta and Tennessee and then domino effect up the coast all the way to New York. Yep. Yep. 
He says oil futures traders are now scrambling to meet demand at a time when U.S. inventories are declining. Because, of course, we also had a, um, a refinery shut down for maintenance. Yeah. Now, do you, do, you do recall that when Trump was in charge that we filled up our stockpile uh, somewhere. But the problem is we can't move it anywhere very fast. So yeah. I'll bet you they got to they got to hire a bunch of truckers to try to main you know pick up uh, on on the uh, that alternative transport. So that means that the highways are going to get unsafe here for a while with a lot of gas trucks, right? Because mm-hmm. if it because if it doesn't go by a pipeline, it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh-huh. you know, but that's going to raise prices significantly because. The gas prices are going up oh, yeah. because there's not as much gas. So it's like, great, we're gonna we're gonna hire trucks that need fuel to to run, but we're going to raise the cost of fuel because we can't get stuff there quick enough with the trucks that need okay. fuel. Yep, yep. By the way, uh, the map that shows the states affected exclude Florida and uh, West Virginia and Kentucky and. Uh, let's see, that would be Arkansas over here on the west. So mm-hmm. just the left, just the east part of Texas, uh, but not into uh, into Arkansas. So Yeah, well, that's uh, this pipeline. That doesn't mean that there aren't right. other pipelines or other offshoots. It's just they're not, those areas are not fed by this particular pipeline. Right, right. Yeah. So um, you sent some articles earlier in the week uh, about some Apple stuff that was going on. And one of them was that in the course of the uh, uh, lawsuit that uh, is going on currently or the, the trial that's going on with Epic Games, it came out that Apple had discussed disclosing that uh, 128 million iPhones uh, had possibly been hacked and then decided not to. And essentially what it was was that apparently a... Uh, in China, a version of the Xcode development environment had been copied. They copied it, and then they embedded in the Xcode development environment uh, software that allowed tracking. And then they started marketing it to people in China, saying it'll download much faster than the Apple, you know, from the Apple website because it's local here in China. And so a whole bunch of developers downloaded it, including a lot yeah, of, yeah. of legitimate software. Uh, and then put stuff on the App Store before Apple discovered that, hey, wait a minute, this stuff's there. Of course, once they did, yeah. they then, you know, they, they blocked as much as they could find, and they told the developers to, uh, you know, go recompile this with uh, a legitimate copy of, of Xcode. But uh, yep. they then chose not to disclose that to people. They just kept it quiet and deleted uh, lots and lots of apps. Yep. Yep. That's what happens when you step outside of the uh, secure garden. Yeah. You know, that's why Apple right there justifies their entire operation scheme. Yeah. You, you know, you you have to control as much as you can if you're going to keep things secure. That's yeah. just the way it works. Well, and part of part of what uh, I don't think and they don't talk about it in this article, but it's built into the operating system is if Apple def- identifies a piece of software as malicious, if it's bad enough, they have the option of basically sending out uh, information to everybody's iPhone in the background saying you can't run this software anymore and leave a note 
you know, say they don't even have to tell you. They yeah. gotta shut it off. And so it, it won't work anymore and you'll have to go download it again. And you know, theoretically there should be, you know, if there's a updated version that's safe, that will be on the um, you know, have been updated on the app store. But if you know, if, if you have something that stops working and you need to go find it and it's not on the app store, uh, good chance that Apple discovered that that was a uh, a bad actor, and they do that. Yeah. You know, they do that more often than you think, and without telling you. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad to find out that uh, you know in important areas they're on our side. I mean, that's part of their doing business, yeah. and it's 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 better advertising than anything else. It just says. They really are doing stuff to help us out. You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because, you know, this was brought up by Epic in terms of trying to make Apple look bad and that they had this, this hack and they didn't tell anybody about it. Um, yeah. And, and apparently there's emails discussing whether they were going to tell anybody about it. And they decided not to. Right. Um, you know, and I think, quite honestly, had they told people, they would have they could have very easily spun it in a very positive way, just like you did just there, saying, you know, hey, right. People were not using the appropriate software, and as a result, stuff got onto the the store that we weren't even aware of, and we are aware of it now, and we're protecting you. So it's all, you know, we're removing all this software. Uh, we've tagged it all so it won't run on your phones, and you know, yeah. if there's a legitimate copy, you can go re-download it. You know. Yep. I mean, quite frankly. Uh. The way their system works anyway is if I make a piece of software and say I did it with a with the, you know, ghost uh, X tools, which is what they were calling this, right. this version. And and it turns right. out that that stuff is infected. I get a legit excuse me, a legitimate copy of X tools and recompile my code and post it up to the opera, you know, to their store. As soon as I post the new version it automatically starts distributing itself to all the people who have my stuff anyway. So it automatically replaces it in the background. Nobody knows. And why would they, as yep. long as, you know, if it is, you yeah, know, if, that, that's, that's all very clever, isn't it? Yeah. And quite that's honestly, as a developer, you know, a lot of times what you're, when, when you're sending out new versions of your software, it's doing it's bug fixes to not only fix functionality, but to fix, you know, security problems and things like that anyway. Yeah. And so, you know, but as a developer, you also probably should not be using, you know, copies of your development software downloaded from some unknown and untrusted source. That yeah, that's, that's especially that's a vulnerable. That's a big issue. They, yeah. I mean. Yeah. What that, they did. That's, that's that should be a lesson forever learned, right? Because right. you got you got to go back and and uh, do some work on it if you're going to stay online. Right. Well, know? what they didn't say was a if Apple. I mean. You know, Apple has servers in China, so my guess is is that downloading the development software in China doesn't take any longer than downloading the Ghost stuff was. They just said, "Hey, it'll download faster," and people believe them. Yeah, because it's a big, you know, the development environment's a, a it's a big piece of software, a big group of software, right. a lot to it. X Tools takes yep. a while; it's multiple gigabytes of of stuff um, to download. Yeah. Yeah, and, so, and, and they could even claim they made it better, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for all we for know, them. they they could have, you know, it could have not even been a, the all of it. it. It downloaded faster because they they picked pieces of it that are not used a lot and didn't even include it. So it downloaded faster, but it, you couldn't do things with it. And if people complained, then they could go get the rest of it from Apple. But, uh, but you know, it, it allowed them to, you know, basically backdoor themselves into the the App Store. 
uh, and the App Store did what it was supposed to do. It they found out about it and shut it all down. So, yeah, yeah I think I don't know. Have you tr- have you um, followed anything about what's going on so far with the uh, the court case between Epic and Apple? No, I haven't delved into that. I have read a couple no, little sort of summaries, you know, after each uh, the first couple days, and then sort of an end of the week summary. And uh, my conclusion is that um, uh, so far, Epic is not making a very strong case. <laughs> it sounds well, to me I, like they're they're a game company, right? Epic, and and they're right. basically concerned about uh, what everybody complains about: Apple charges too much, right? They're the basis, the basis of their case is that Apple's a monopoly and that they're charging thirty percent, and uh, and they think that's too much, and. Apple's saying we're not charging 30% to, to process your credit cards. Uh, because what it is is Epic uh, broke their agreement with Apple and started accepting payments for um, uh, within their game directly from from Epic as opposed to going through Apple's payment processing. And yeah. uh, and so then they don't get – Apple wouldn't get their 30%. And as soon as they did that, Apple basically removed their game from the operating system or from the App Store. Um, right. And uh, – Further, Apple does create a development environment that's used by a lot of other games called the Unreal Engine for them to create the 3D imagery. And so um, Apple also threatened to shut down the Unreal Engine, meaning that a whole bunch of games would disappear. And that would put a lot of pressure on on Epic because they get a lot of licensing money for using the games that use their Unreal Engine. Uh, The judge said Apple's not allowed to block the Unreal Engine because that would affect a lot of other developers that have nothing to do with this. And so Apple didn't do that, um, but uh, they, uh, you know, they kicked them out. And so, you know, the the point is, is Epic says thirty percent is too much, and and we don't want to pay that, and we can process credit cards a lot cheaper. And Apple's point is, but you're not just paying us to 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 process credit cards; you're paying us to, you know host and serve your stuff from our server farms all over the world for people to download from um and uh, and we have to maintain those server farms and you know that takes money and effort and you know furthermore yeah we're not charging we're charging the exact same amount that you pay to put your games on an xbox or a playstation and you don't seem to be concerned about that why are you picking on us you know right yeah it's it's hard to fight Apple because they they're smart enough to know what the costs of development are down to the you know nitty gritty and yeah. when you when you got that kind of data you know if they can bring yeah. it all out I mean so the judge understands it they're going to win you know yeah well Apple's led by an operations guy who arguably is the best operations guy in history right in terms of uh, yeah knowing. To the, to the second, how much things cost and, and where they're going to be in the production process and how it's all going to work. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's difficult to, uh, to, to fight against that. They, they, they've, you know, they've thought through all this stuff and they know what it costs to, to host all those things. And you think about it, you know, if this was 20 years ago, the costs that, that Epic would be paying to, to sell their games would include, uh, production of discs and packaging and and shipping to get it to the stores and and they would have you know a much smaller group of of devices to be able to sell on to you know the fact that there's an online store and it all 
gets distributed and managed by Apple for you is, I mean, you know, 30% may be much, but, um, but uh, it's, it's yeah. certainly not out of line with what the rest of the world is charging. So I, I, again, I, I'm not sure where they're, you know, it's like, we want to use all of Apple's environment and, and, and all their, everything that they've developed. And we want to be able to sell onto that, but we don't want to pay Apple for it. It's basically what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't appreciate the value of the complete package. Yeah. And Apple's like, Hey, we spent a lot of money developing this in giant environment, you know? And, and so if you want access to it, you're going to have to pay us a portion of what you make, you know? And it's not like they haven't made literally billions of dollars off of that. You know, yeah, because they've been selling their app, their Fortnite app. Um, you know, they've been it's been available for a couple of years and it's been one of the number one selling apps on the operating system for a couple of years. So, yeah, and they're making tons of money. <clears throat> and instead of saying thank you, Apple, they're saying we don't want to pay you anymore. <laughs> well, there's always, you know, in business, it's all about making money and then everybody's saying, well, where, where can I cut mm-hmm. my costs and and uh, increase my value? Yeah. And uh, Well, and it's so. not like Apple is, is completely innocent and, and always perfect on this stuff, too. I think they've done, like a lot of big companies, oh, yeah. they've done some things that I think are, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use the word monopolistic, but they certainly have been, um, you know, not kind and gentle by any stretch. They, they're... They're out to compete. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you know, ap- actually, Microsoft plowed the ground for most of these guys because, remember, you know, they were the first sort of big company out there. And for year, several years running, man, big they were threatened company. left and right with all kinds of stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, in fact, I, I really thought that they were really nasty. They, they did things that just didn't seem fair or right at all because they didn't want any competition to grow up around them. They were no different than the Facebooks of the world today who went out and bought up all the competition, but at least there they were honest. Microsoft didn't even do that. They just stole the code, you know, and yeah. copied the features. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And they said, so anyway. su- try to sue us. We've got more money and more lawyers and we'll win. We'll wait you out. In exactly. Court. We'll just wait you out yeah, in court until was- you run out of money. And, and it all happened because Gates came from a family of lawyers, you know? So that was the, the way they thought about it. Yeah. Who wins in the courtrooms, all that mattered to them. Yeah. It wasn't a moral deal at all. So, anyway, I yeah. think it's we're... Yeah, a, a very pragmatic approach, but but not a, uh, not a kinder, gentler approach, for sure. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think you're well, right. I think we've kind of we've kind of run the gamut today. So um, yeah, thanks you. Thank everybody for joining us, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, this week we were on Tuesday. Possibly next week we'll be back on Monday. We'll see how that goes, uh, but uh, that's the plan anyway. So if you listen live, you can catch us at. Um, uh, Wakanda Broadcasting dot live. That's with a C W A C O N D A Broadcasting dot live. Um, and uh, otherwise, you can it, download the podcast. I I, I, I kind of think it's going to be Tuesday again next week, Todd. Oh, okay. Uh, Good to know. I, I, I'm pretty sure we're committing to something else on Monday. 
Okay. Then we'll play it on Tuesday. So, I'll so. Um, announce it in the other podcasts on the on the Wakanda broadcasting site if uh, if I uh, think of it. Remember it. Yeah. <laughs> if I okay. Remember. Well, then then fun, Todd. Have a great week, Have a everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye.